Hello everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm so grateful for every single one of you who listens and yeah, it feels like I can have a conversation with you. I can share um, and really I'm, I'm trying to give every listener what I have always craved in podcasts and I have gotten bits of um, from different podcasts like Let It Out by Katie Dalebout, um, Almost 30 podcasts, especially in their earlier days, where I just felt like, especially during the earliest days of my, um, of moving, of being an expat without being able to work and spending long days alone, just like folding my laundry while listening to people sharing, um, just having this cozy company without any output, without any expectation, without it taking any of my energy, um, which is so, so important, especially if you tend towards being a an empath, a very sensitive person. Um, I would say someone who, at least for me, this might be you as well, who, who might have, has been sort of um, out of, touch with their true nature and has been very external stimuli focused so very oriented um, from a young age to perceive other people's energy and like their facial expressions and attuned to knowing how to um, shapeshift and change your energy and your the way you talk your tone of voice the things you say all of that basically to morph into whatever that person wants um that can come from a lot of things it can come from being in dysfunctional homes um it's very common when the child's um dealt with you know different um with parents who might have different um, mental have suffered from different mental illness um having a np if you know you know what that stands for um or any any other mechanism where a child was made to feel responsible for the emotions of caregivers of adults around them even having like a really scary um teacher like if you went to a private school and you were sort of raised by this teacher throughout their most formative years like in in small private schools like Montessori um there were two teachers basically in the whole school and we kind of stayed in their classroom and it was a super small group of students um I guess kind of like old school the way it used to be in like the schoolhouses um and yeah, we had a completely insane teacher um, who I would say now probably had like borderline personality disorder and probably, I mean, she definitely had severe rage. So anyway, so when you're a sensitive child and you, I mean, again, like growing up in alco- with alcoholics, any amount of anything where it felt like you had to, um, like you were trying to control the adults around you to be so they would be in their best happiest state so that you could get your needs met um and so if that's like a pattern that's deeply entrenched in you you likely bring that to every situation with people um and you know like teal swan um this spiritual youtuber woman who's pretty controversial, but one thing that she said that I loved was, um, if you feel like you always have to hermit, which is something that many people in the spiritual world, self-improvement world do, if you feel like you can't be around people and the only way that you can feel okay is when you're alone, it's likely because you're being inauthentic with people around you. And so that's not something to beat yourself up about. It's like, okay, why are you being inauthentic? Well, for me, it's, it was having this like nice girl persona, this, this, I'm so sweet. Sweet is my personality. Um, and I even had an incredible, incredible yoga mentor, Jeff, 
uh, Logan in Huntington. He now teaches online. He is just um, so incredible and really felt like one of the adults who sort of helped raise me from being a teenager, introducing me to yoga, um, mentoring me for hours one-on-one alongside Anne, who um, is my was my other yoga mentor. Um, at no cost, you know, just like endless selflessness and time I would spend one-on-one with them. Um, you know, teaching me to teaching me to um, become an Iyengar yoga teacher as a young person. But something he said was like, and he just said it so matter-of-factly, and it was in the context of becoming a better yoga teacher. So it, it, like, it wasn't like loaded or a personal attack or anything at all. But he's like, you know, Kali, because he calls me Kali, like the Indian deity. He's like, you have two voices you have this little high sweet voice that you do and then you have this more like a deeper grounded um like a leader voice and he's like use that use that um that deeper voice when you teach and that was interesting because actually like the deeper voice like that's obviously my real voice Um, I've also noticed that when I have attempted to speak Danish or Hebrew, my voice gets really high. And so just these little things where we are, or I can say for me, putting so much energy into altering, like, of course, it is then exhausting to interact with people. And also a lot of times, um, you know, I just had this experience the other day. A lot of times you are picking up on, if you're highly sensitive and you're intuitive, you're picking up on like unprocessed shit in someone else's energy for sure. You know, swallowed rage. um, Just, I was with a couple of dudes the other night and they just, there's just this, there was this bubbling rage this kind of unprocessed depression um just like deep trauma that is clearly hasn't been looked at because I think there there are extremes there are people who are just like doing so much navel gazing and are so into every aspect of their healing and then that's sort of their life and been there definitely trying to get out of that phase um and spend less time like analyzing my human design and uh, my childhood and all that and, and try to be off the world, right? But then there's the other aspect where it's like people who have dealt with major traumatic events and maybe even, you know, like objectively smaller little T traumas, but who, you know, because they were sensitive or young or whatever, it impacted them, um, but have done no work. And so that energy is kind of dark and heavy to be around, Um But then there's that choice. And I noticed myself during the first half of the night being with these two individuals, like really doing the healer fairy dance that I've done my whole life. Like, okay, I'm going to be bubbly and smiley and I'm going to make everyone happy. And then they're going to be happy. So they'll be more pleasant to be around. And I'm going to create a great environment for everyone and blah, 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 blah. And we had, you know, I was doing that and then we had a whole nice night together and then at the end of the night something that I said um again just like really digging deep fishing for any conversation because they were bringing nothing in terms of conversation at all um you know I I like I brought up this interesting study that I had heard that was really I was completely unattached to and was like mainstream whatever And it was completely skewed. And this person blew up. Like all that rage that you could feel kind of under the surface all night, like blew up and started just calling me names, basically. (laughs) And I just, you know, I was disappointed in the fact that I kind of, I just stayed silent and again, even tried to bring the vibration up. And of course, after like, I was bubbling over with rage and like, oh, well, that person's a fucking ass, you know, whatever. But 
I realize that that choice to try to be the healer of the collective energy is what was the most draining. And maybe if I had just sat there and made no effort to make conversation and just been like, okay, this is what it is. You're in your process. I'm in mine. Everyone's okay. Don't need to save everyone. Maybe I would have felt less exhausted after and then less, um, less infuriated that it backfired. So all of this to say there was a period of time where really the only input that felt like I could handle it. Um, and this was when I was also in a very, I've done a lot of deep healing and a lot of work with, um, you know, I've tried to do with everyone, but with, with many members of my immediate family, we've grown a lot together and had difficult conversations and they have been there while I've brought, you know, brought stuff to them. This is a pattern that bothers me. And, you know, sometimes it's been a continual thing, like, okay, you're still doing this thing. You're still doing this thing. You're still doing this thing. You know, not, not, um, it's not so much about getting them to change, but it's about sharing like this is a boundary. And if this is something you continue to do, I won't be able to be in connection with you. And the cherry picked select few of my family who are still I'm still in regular communication with and, you know, aren't draining to me are the ones who have continually been like open to hearing that and to most importantly making change but a few years ago that was very much not the case and so basically the only people in my life where I felt like I could regularly interact with was my partner um, and podcasts (laughs) like in terms of people outside of of my my little nest and of course I wasn't interacting with them I was just listening and receiving and that was all I could do you know I would kind of pop out occasionally and and connect with very specific family members and I mean like one or two friends um but other than that like I was just at such a like a zero point of having energy um and so if you're going through this place of like starting new starting fresh maybe you've maybe you have cleared out everyone in your life like there have been there was a time like I just mentioned where it kind of felt like that's where I I really was energetically even if I hadn't actually done it I felt like I had no energy for anyone um because again of how I felt so responsible for them and how I didn't feel like I could be around them without doing so much work um and I had no energy. Um, you know, that was right after my Lyme diagnosis and I had, I just had nothing to give. So if you're at that place, maybe it's not chronic illness, but maybe you've been rock bottomed in some way and yeah. And you have realized like, I need to start, I need to start anew. Like I need to clear everything out. Nothing is working. Everything is out of alignment. Everything in my life has been built from this foundation of maybe this one belief that I picked up in childhood. Um, You know, maybe it's that I am bad or I only deserve pleasure if I, if everyone else around me is okay, or it's not safe to just have fun or good things don't last or, you know, I'm not worthy unless I'm giving like all these things we can build lives around these these beliefs that we pick up um, when we're three years old, which is wild. And so maybe you're at that zero point where it feels like everything is burnt down around you and you're starting new. And the only thing you have energy for is listening to some podcasts where it feels safe and it feels like you're purely in receivership. You're only receiving or maybe you love beauty and you love breakfast and you want to just hear about those little details and you skip over these long intros like that is also 
so, so fine. There have definitely been, I think I'm in that place now, you know, there have been times where I really just want the fluff. Like I want the get ready with me videos on YouTube. I want to know what people eat in a day. I want reality TV, the Kardashians and rom-com books and that's it. And that's the medicine. You know, we don't always have to be healing. Like sometimes the healing comes where we're just having fun. So that's that. And today I'm going to just share a little bit about um, this digital detox week that I have taken. Um, That's all about self-care. And yeah, and it's all about what listening to what I need, what would feel the most good, the most cozy, the most loving, just treating myself like this precious little girl who in a way, like for the first time, it's about what she needs, you know, like reparenting her and being like, you get to be young now. I'm giving you that childhood that you didn't have and you're not responsible for anyone else's feelings what would be the most fun for you little one and that's what this week has been about so that's all I'll share in the intro and then we'll chat in a little bit about everything I've done what I'm enjoying what I'm eating um the things I've been making just some things I'm really excited about and I hope you enjoy I love you guys Hello, healthy beauties. Welcome back. I'm sitting in the sun. It is very warm. And I am about halfway through my digital detox vacation. And you might be asking, well, you are using a digital medium right now. So how is it a digital detox? So when I say digital detox, I mean that I put my phone on airplane mode so I can still record voice notes. I can still listen to the podcasts and audiobooks that I have downloaded, which I'll share about later um, in preparation for this week. I can listen to playlists on Spotify, again, that have been downloaded. I can listen to my meditations, everything that does not require me to take my phone off airplane, um, but still provides me with nourishment, whether I'm being creative or just enjoying some fun entertainment. I definitely have also been watching TV. I've been watching Gilmore Girls, of course, and Friends. Um, and I was telling Mike, because we're on the ninth season of Friends, this is my first time watching it, I was just telling him to mentally prepare for, like, the basket case that I will be emotionally once we finish the season, because one, I believe I will be on my moon time, I'll probably have my period then, which is always great for, which this is, like, a recent thing, I used to not cry ever, but my moon time and the luteal phase I've noticed I'm really um I love a good cry during those times and but the thing is like I am such a Venus and Pisces individual where like I feel like Piscean energy it lives in the daydream world so whenever we like watch movies or even listen to certain songs it's like we're transported to this world to another world and in movies like whenever I've almost any like well-made movie um where you know most people right they watch it for the escape but like I become fully in that place and fully connected it's like I told Mike it's like this separate universe that exists and I know everyone gets sad when a show ends. And I remember when I was little watching Seinfeld with my parents, which was like the most delicious time for me. We had so much fun. Like those are some of my best memories, like just being on the couch when it was still just Mimi's world, which I'm so grateful that my brother came, but was definitely 
an adjustment in those early years. Um, but this is when I was like two years old, but I have amazing memories of being in this exquisite couch, this big, ugly brown couch that was the comfiest thing and just nestled between my two parents and them ordering like takeout and feeding me tara masalata and eggs. Like I loved boiled eggs with Dijon mustard and like all these weird, delicious delicacies. I just ate everything. Um, And that was like heaven. And I remember when the show ended, my mom saying something like, yeah, it's like saying goodbye to friends. Like you got to say goodbye to your friends. Um, But the funny thing is that when friends ended and everyone had been watching it the first time, I was six or seven years old. And everyone in my school was like, okay, tonight, like the final episode is airing. I had, again, had not seen a single episode before this. My parents didn't watch it. It just wasn't a part of our household. But I told my mom, I need to watch this final episode. Like, it's very important. Everyone in school is watching it. They're going to be talking about it. And we watched the episode, and I was destroyed (laughs) emotionally. Like, I couldn't sleep. I was crying. I just, like... I guess it's, I guess it was the whole empathing like I felt the weight of what this meant to so many people that this like era had ended and these friends were yeah whatever it was I was so so emotional um and so I can only imagine what will happen when we actually finish the series after having watched it um all the seasons yeah I don't know. Let me know if you're, if you are listening to this podcast, let me know. You can DM me if you have like a Pisces sun, Venus and Pisces, maybe Pisces moon. And you have this experience of being like getting way too involved in movies and shows. Like I'm talking about like, like at least a week after you're still in a scary movie. I remember for me when it was, when I was little, I was very into goth. Like that was my desired aesthetic and I loved Evanescence. If you are a millennial, I'm sure you remember Evanescence. But one night I decided, I made the terrible mistake of watching it an Evanescence um, music video. I don't remember which one. I don't even think it was that scary. But I was like, I don't know how old, seven. And I just remember watching the music video and I couldn't open my eyes after that. Like my dad had to carry me to bed. I was truly haunted um and yeah so so I have to be careful but I know it'll be the same thing with Gilmore Girls um and then we're gonna watch Seinfeld again and I know that will be a whole thing it's just like it's also this longing for this time where these shows were where like people didn't really use cell phones I know in Friends like the cell phone kind of just emerged um but no one's looking at them, you know, like people or in Gilmore Girls, like they go to this like movie night um, where everyone's just watching like an old movie on a projector and no one is on their phone. So I definitely long for that as well, uh, which great transition brings me back to the digital detox week. So um, for this autumn vacation that I've taken, I decided from the moment that I finish work on Saturday until I have to go back I am going to turn my phone off um just put it on airplane mode not check any text nothing just not even take like online yoga classes which was a tough decision to make and I am going to spend every moment doing whatever I want if that means that I stay in bed all day reading a book if that means that I put on a show that I love at 10 in the morning, if I sleep 12 hours, like if I stay up late, whatever it is, it's all about fun. And that's what vacation's about. Um, and yeah, vacation, when I first started getting into like uh, examining what I value the most, when I was doing this like law of attraction work and um, we had to come up with like four words that really encapsulated like what we want in this life and what we value the most one of them was vacation 
and I don't know if anyone else can relate to this, but I think we were quite serious in our household. Like there was a lot, people were getting shit done. Like we were getting through difficult things. There was like financial worry, but there was just a lot of, you know, there definitely was a lot of pain and a lot of seriousness. But when it came around that it was like vacation time, which I guess in the States, I think people get like two weeks a year, which like side note is fucking insane. Our system is so insane. Um, The very little amount of leisure and time with our family, which is what life should be about. Um, It's just, it's so small and, and it's unfair and we have to, yeah, have to create better lives for ourselves. But when vacation came around, it was like all that seriousness was gone and we let loose. Like we ate, we, you know, we usually ate very, very healthily, but we would get room service. And we, um, in the first years of my life, um, my dad was still working in a corporate setting and we were comfortable. We would like get, I think his company would pay for it. We would get like limousines to the airport And it was like the second that limo picked us up, maybe it was like four in the morning. It was like, oh, this is a different energy. We are in vacation mode. Like my mom is swimming in the sea. I remember just having memories of watching her just like in her joy, in her pleasure, you know, letting her hair down. And I'm staying up late with my parents. And it was like kind of reminded me of the times where I was little, you know, because my brother was still little, so he was sleeping. And then it was just me, my mom and my dad watching a TV show, ordering ordering a pina colada room service. And like, it reminded me of that, like um, those early Mimi era days. So yeah, there, there's definitely this imprint in my mind that like vacation is what I want my life to be. I want the shoulders down. I want a focus on pleasure. I want to see the world and enjoy all the little things that we can on this planet in this short life. Um, you know, that's, there's like an urgency to me to create a life that is all vacation. And as you can see, like there's still creativity and productivity, um, on vacation, on vacation mind, like I'm recording this podcast because it's something I love. And even in terms of being productive, I was very strict with myself that I wouldn't put like cleaning and organization, you know, at the forefront of my mind. But I noticed that when I let go and I was like, you know what, you know what, little Mimi, you know what, inner child, you know what, grown up self, like whatever you want, we're going to do. And So like I woke up at like nine o'clock the last few days and I would, you know, shake out and give like sun to my bedding and my sheets and then make the bed up like really nice and puffy pillows and extra blankets and just make it like a heaven, like little fortress space and light all the candles and make myself like a milky tea and like just really put pleasure first when I expected that the whole day I would just be reading and watching shows and listening to podcasts and relaxing the first day I ended up like going on this whole organization spree of all my makeup and all my skincare and all that um and like did a ton of batch cooking, um, which I'll share in a little bit what I, all the things I've made this week and, um, cleaned and did all the laundry, folded all the laundry, like did some yoga, all this stuff, but it was from a place of, we don't have to do anything. Like we'll do whatever you want. So I think that's such a beautiful way to be productive and it's such a rewiring for me, I think. I've spoken with my mom about how I've kind of like with this whole self-care thing, I've really broken this like habitual ancestral thing um, from like the women on this side of the family, on my, you know, my like matrilineal line 
who are like super um, production focused, you know, like doing all the stuff in the house, being career oriented, like constantly wiping, sweeping, um, even this thing of like, we don't eat new produce until the old produce in the fridge has been used. Like we are, we're all about being efficient and doing things the right way and all that. Um, and I threw out a bunch of produce, not great. I actually composted it, um, just cause it, it wasn't, I wasn't able to use it. I think I mentioned last episode that my juicer broke. And so it was just like, yeah, there was, it happened. And I'm like, okay, what would be the most delicious thing for me to eat? It'll, it would be this new guayabana fruit that I just ordered from Spain. Um, that's perfectly ripe and I'm not going to force myself to eat the apples in the fridge before I let myself have this. So I know that's a very specific experience, but yeah, this vacation mind, um, I think it's really amazing. And I know the son of BKS Iyengar, Prashant Iyengar, who's Iyengar yoga is actually the only, I mean, it's, I know I'm biased. I was certified in this method and it's the yoga that I practice. It just has so much integrity um, of literally every yoga guru, BKS Iyengar, you know, and that the Iyengar family, they are the only ones who are not, have not been reported for being, um, sex offenders, which for a while it was also like the Kundalini guy, I forgot his name, had a clean record, but then it came out that he also was a perpetrator of sexual, um, misconduct. And, but so anyway, his son Prashant talks about how, we need to bring vacation into our daily life more so that we don't end up, you know, like it's sad. It's not really our fault. Um, it's the way we've been conditioned, but so we don't end up having so much emphasis on like these 10 days and everyone has to be in their best mood. And there's so much pressure to be relaxed that you end up stressed out. And that whole saying, like, I need a vacation for my vacation. Like that's not it. We need vacation every day the best we can um and yeah there's definitely varying degrees of privilege of what we can what we're able to have in terms of vacation um but I just deeply believe that we're all worthy of so much more joy and bliss on this beautiful earth and this very limited time that we all have um we deserve more we deserve better so so yeah, it's been a worth the worthiness experiment in a way of like how can I give myself so much pleasure in every moment of this vacation. Um, so yeah, I mentioned one day I like woke up and I was super productive. Um, then I had another day where it was all baking and cooking all day um, while listening to different audiobooks. I have just been like tearing through audiobooks and I'm going to do a separate episode to talk a little bit about, yeah, the ones that I've listened to that have been super impactful. I would say one was even life-changing. Um, there's one, that one is the one by Jeanette McCurdy, if you've heard about it, um, but I'll definitely talk about that in another episode. And then, one called What If by Shari. Let me double check her name, actually. I believe it's Shari Close. Um, Shari Lowe, which was like a rom-com written in 2000. It's one of those like classics. And it was free on Audible, which was amazing. Um of course, always reading Marianne Key's amazing, amazing rom-com books. She's so smart. The way she writes about women is incredible. She's fucking hilarious. Um, so I'm reading, I guess it's the third of her books right now in the series of the Walsh family. Um, yeah. And so that's been amazing. So just some of the things I've been cooking and enjoying, I mentioned the guayabana, which 
is a very special fruit. It's my mom's favorite fruit. It has like this green, it's not really spiky, it's more like indented, this like celadon colored flesh. Ooh, it sounds like there might be some noise here soon. Um, so I might have to move, but anyway, it's like this light green, uh, skin. And then inside is, it's also called soursop. And it's, so it has this taste. that's like a mix of, I think people say banana and pineapple, maybe even a little mango-y. It's creamy. And then it has these shiny big black seeds that you just have to like kind of spit out while you're eating it. And it's delicious. So I had that. I had an incredible mango. Mango is my favorite, favorite fruit. Oh, and it was ripe. And I actually like them to be a little stringy because it's like that like fleshy kind of texture. Incredible mango. Um, always chamomile tea with almond milk. This really beautiful Italian made almond milk that comes from the um, food delivery farm service that we use and it's just it's literally water and almonds and that I love in my tea with honey I made a last night I made this creamy potato soup with celery thyme sage and rosemary um, which I call my i called white girl seasoning because my mom you know has a lot of our roots are like Sephardic and so she usually uses like more Moroccan seasoning or lots of cumin and stuff like that but I used to ask for soups with quote-unquote white girl or white boy seasoning which is like European the European flavor profile of like sage and thyme and marjoram and uh, rosemary all that so it was a white girl soup with blended celery and potato my mom taught me this trick but I took out some of these potatoes again beautiful Danish um, red skin potatoes I took some out and then I blended the rest of the soup with almond milk and a little bit of grated parmesan and um i believe that was it i served mike his with a little dollop of sour cream and mine with a little dollop of coconut yogurt and it was beautiful it was delicious mike had some with a sourdough ciabatta and butter that he dipped in it oh what else i made kitchen sink cookies with cranberries and two types of vegan chocolate one was um strawberry dark chocolate and the other was like a white hazelnut chocolate which yeah it was very flavorful um with I think I just used one egg and then to make up for the missing eggs I used chia seeds which are a great egg replacement tons of vanilla extract I just put like a huge like splash of that and then almond flour coconut flour shredded coconut and um oats like the rough cut, I guess is the translation. I don't even remember how to say it in English, but like the larger, larger oats, those were really good and really cozy. I made them while watching Gilmore Girls and it was this whole like autumn-y feel. Um, what else have I made? Oh, Mike made excellent butter chicken with blended cashews. That was so good. I made the Gigi, or as Mike says, Gigi Hadid pasta, which I had no idea what it was, but it's my favorite pasta dish. It's always been, pasta alla vodka has always been my favorite. And um, yeah, just as like a frame of reference, I'm very much an advocate for the 80-20 lifestyle. So during the week, I'm all about like abundant green salads and fruit and nice like organic pastured protein and then during the week we make whatever so one night was buttered chicken and then Saturday night I made um Gigi Hadid's pasta which is a pasta alla vodka we use this very I think it's called Eliochetti or something it's kind of like a rigatoni but with like indented 
sides. Um, of course, you want like a penne or something that will scoop up the sauce. It was the easiest a la vodka sauce. I did not use vodka. Um, you can see the recipe on YouTube, but basically you just um, use, I think it called for half an onion. I might have used a little more. Finely diced, throw that in olive oil. Um, and then one large garlic clove. Again, this is like for two people, the serving size, but, um, and then minced, add that in with the olive oil, tomato paste, and you just cook it until it browns. Like there was nothing precise about the recipe. Of course, it was just kind of like eyeball it, but so you cook the, the tomato paste so it can, um, cook down a little bit and, then I added cream. You can definitely add like a plant-based cream instead if, if you prefer or if you're like have issues with uh, milk, which I don't. And then you cook the pasta on the side, reserve a little pasta water and add in the pasta water, add in a ton of grated Parmesan or Pecorino, which is like the sheep's milk version. Um, and it just becomes this beautiful sauce and then you add in the drained pasta oh, it was so good and then a little bit more parmesan on top and finely um, diced fresh parsley and we had that with a beautiful sourdough baguette and a big green salad and i don't think we've been so wowed by a dish in a really long time it was like so joyous so so yummy i'm so happy i made it and yeah, I would say my latest obsession is I have been ordering tons of fresh green herbs. And um, last night for dinner, I made pulled chicken, which was just organic chicken breast that marinated in like a bunch of... Um, I think it's called adobo like a bunch of like special uh mexican chili peppers smoked chili peppers and then of course coriander cumin um paprika garlic onion all that good stuff and olive oil and um ideally i would have had added lime juice as well i didn't have any limes that day but that just marinated and then i put it in the instant pot for seven minutes at high pressure and then shredded it with a fork and it was delicious I love pulled chicken I love like pulled beef like any pulled meat I feel like it's just like so easy to eat and digest and then I had a ton of cilantro and some soaked cashews in the fridge so I blended lemon juice a ton I mean like a bushel of cilantro and cashews with salt and a little bit of coconut yogurt and I made this I made like a vegan um sour cream which was incredible and then I made Spanish rice which is inspired by Alma um one of the incredible angels my favorite who took care of Nona uh, my grandma and lived with me and yeah she taught me so much about cooking and so she made she used to make like spanish like red colored rice with um tomato paste i think maybe also a can of tomatoes like chopped tomatoes shredded carrot and paprika i think also garlic so i made spanish rice with that and just a salad of like chopped iceberg and tomato no dressing because then I drizzled the um that vegan cilantro yogurt over it or whatever sour vegan sour cream and it was incredible so delicious and uh yeah no olive oil lemon needed on the salad it was like a taco bowl taco inspired bowl and then on top I put um this like there's this local yeah farm type of organic farm place and they make fermented salsa so I put this delicious fermented salsa 
and um it was like yeah it was like chopped tomatoes and onions and felt really fresh with a regular salsa just from the jar and it was so flavorful and delicious and yeah I've been loving the vibrancy of fresh herbs I think fresh green herbs are some of the healthiest most like chlorophyll filled energizing brightening things you can eat I love how a lot of middle eastern salads will have like chopped parsley and mint and so I had a bunch of herbs I literally took every herb I had like fresh basil parsley mint cilantro everything and added lemon juice and olive oil and just blended it um and that's a great base again for like a coconut uh if you want like a coconut uh yogurt dressing or a cashew like creamy dressing or just like a bright lovely dressing um on any salad and it's energizing i feel like it's deeply energizing to have green herbs so that's been amazing um it's my luteal phase which I'll definitely do a separate podcast on single psyching and like healing from painful periods and like how to do that and um Elisa Vitti who talks about it but during the luteal phase it's really good and again like the luteal phase is the couple weeks right before your period it's also known as like the PMS window for many people um but yeah right before your period it's really good to have root vegetables and um so I have in my window now every type of root vegetable I have a crown prince squash which is stunning it looks like it was painted with like this pastel-y light green paint and has this really beautiful like deep orange uh flesh inside and red potatoes, um, baking potatoes, or as Gwyneth Paltrow calls, old-fashioned potatoes. Um, and yeah, I think that those were all the root veggies. And I'm just going to do a nice, like, spiced squash um, curry this week. And make mashed pota- vegan mashed potatoes. And just, like, having those things, those root veggies, are incredible. They're really great for yeah for that week before your period um or if you're not a person who menstruates it's just great to have yeah to have root veggies they're so grounding and comforting and nourishing um and then I got a bunch of cherry tomatoes I think I'll make a cherry tomato sauce um I think we're gonna make this very like intricate extra type of lasagna that has like prosciutto and um meatballs that you you basically make the make these meatballs brown them and then crush them into a bolognese sauce so i'm thinking we'll make those um i want to buy like the the gluten-free uh i think it's just rice they're made out of rice the pre-made lasagna noodles and definitely going to make a chicken and vegetable curry, maybe a Thai curry. Um, I want to make a beef stew soon, like a beef bourguignon. We have a nice organic red wine for that. Yeah, I'm just doing a ton of cooking, meal prep. Um, I am going to pick more apples from the tree today because it's really time to harvest them and make an apple crumble gluten-free apple crumble with coconut sugar and coconut oil and yeah it's been delicious just moment by moment once I'm done recording this I'm gonna go put a an episode of Gilmore Girls in on and just flow with the rest of the day we have a long autumn bucket list which I've mentioned in a previous episode um but we are going to go and see the Halloween decorations in Tivoli in the city today. And then, um, yeah, go pumpkin picking later in the month. So 
just really enjoying all the festivities and the magic of fall and spooky season. I will be back in a couple weeks sharing just more of, it's going to be like a favorites episode, all the books, audiobooks I'm recommending, um, the body care and facial skincare stuff I'm loving, um, and just some ideas for like late autumn, early um, winter recipes and things to do to just connect with the seasons and celebrate, enjoy, have a vacation lifestyle mindset. So thank you so much for listening, healthy beauties. If you enjoyed this episode, it would be a tremendous help to share the episode with a friend or if you're on Instagram to share this or any other episode to your stories. Um, rating takes just one second and is probably the biggest help for the podcast um, to just rate us five stars if you have a few extra moments to write a review that would be amazing um it doesn't have to be like a perfect perfectly written review it's really more about yeah this show having more ratings and reviews so that more people can see it and so that i can continue to pour into it i would love to be in a place where i am sharing episodes every week and yeah sharing much more maybe having live events and wellness stuff and just able to pour more into offering my favorites to you and sharing things that are helpful um having more interviews all of that so if you feel like helping out the podcast it would be incredible to take a moment to screenshot the episode share it to your stories share it with a friend or if you haven't yet to write a review and I'm really really grateful for you for just being here for continuing to listen um yeah and I'm sending a lot of love to all of you Mwah.